Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Hey there, gang. How are you doing? I thought I'd talk with you a little bit about Portugal this week. Things I learned while I was there. But first, I had some sad news today. One of my really good friends passed away in the nighttime. I have been doing this little experiment on myself because I started questioning if I really am a night owl or if I'm just making it all up. When we went to Portugal, I decided to beat jet lag by just getting up at 4 and 5 a.m. and going to the gym. And it was pretty amazing. I would go to sleep every night around 10 and 11 p.m. And then I'd be up at 4 to 5 a.m. And I'd hit the gym, get so much out of my day. And I loved it. I didn't feel tired. I felt energized. And it was so lovely. And so when I came home, I thought, why not just lean into this? Because the first night I came home, I fell asleep and woke up at 5 a.m. and thought, well, I'm up. I might as well just get going. So after four days of that, I have challenged myself to do it for 30 days. Bed by 10 p.m. and up by 6 a.m. just for 30 days. Seems a little bit too much to commit to it longer than that, (laughs) but we'll see. Anyway, I was up this morning right before my alarm at about 5.55 a.m. Just woke up naturally, feeling amazing, so weird, weirdest thing ever. And if you don't know how weird it is, it's because you haven't followed me long enough because I am the self-proclaimed night owl of all night owls. I have spent years coaching people on letting go of any judgment or shame around being a night owl because so many people say to be successful, you have to be in the 5 a.m. club and start your day early and da 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 da. And I have just never done that. I've spent seven years earning millions and millions of dollars sleeping in until 9 and 9.30 a.m. And I would tell people that my best work gets done from 11 p.m. to 1 to 2 a.m. And I totally believed it. And it's worked really well for me for a long time. It's not even a problem in my life. At least I didn't think it was. Some of the things I've noticed, though, since coming home from Portugal and doing it in this way is I am more rested all day long. I've never really been tired since finding gut health, but I've had a hard time waking up in the morning and feeling like I was entered, like that I wasn't like groggy. I've always just been really groggy in the mornings. And I just told people it's because I wasn't a morning person, right? And I have no grogginess. I am waking up at 6 a.m. like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And even my husband is like, 
who are you and what have you done with my wife? My kids are saying things like, mom, why are you up? What's happening? What's going on? This is so weird. And I would agree with them. It's totally weird. Jet lag has completely worn off at this point. I've just changed my sleep schedule. So I don't know, maybe I'm not a night owl. Maybe it was all a made up story in my head. And I'm just going to be curious about it all month long and do this. So anyway, I was up early this morning, got onto the treadmill and opened my phone. And the first message that I saw was from my friend's sister who had let me know that she had passed away in the nighttime. Now it was 6 a.m. here in Utah, but it was about uh, midnight in New Zealand. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. One of the things that I thought about right off the bat was how I wish I would have messaged her this week. Because when we got home from Portugal, I saw a Facebook post from her saying, I'm not doing well. Please don't message me asking how I am. I'm just having a rough couple of days and it's not helping that you're messaging me. And so I saw that message and we have a really close friendship. I just, I wanted to respect that. And I thought, I'm busy getting home from Portugal. I'll message her next week when things calm down because this is not the first time this has happened. She has had stage four metastatic breast cancer. And so it's very common for her to have a bad week or a bad couple days. And then she bounces right back. She always has. And so in my mind, I saw her Facebook post saying, don't message me. I'm having a rough couple of days. It's not helping you message me. And I thought, oh, I'll just message her next week. And so I'm on the treadmill. I've just heard this news that she's passed away from her sister. And I, I, I mean, I was crying. I was very sad. I wanted to be sad. I was listening to some of the songs that she and I had listened to and, you know, just things that made me think of her and remember her. And I was crying while I was on the treadmill and, you know, things like that. Just, I wanted to be sad. I just wanted to be really sad. In fact, I called Sean at around 6.30 in the morning and he's like, why are you calling me from the treadmill at 6.30? I knew he was awake getting kids up at this point and I told him the news and, you know, we were both just so shocked and so sad. And it's it's just one of those things where even though she's been sick for a really long time and I know, knew that one day this would happen, There's just something about grief that when someone finally dies, you feel this vacant void that you didn't expect, even though you were expecting it. And if you've had someone close to you die, you know what that feels like. I remember feeling it when my grandma passed away many, many years ago, and then when my other grandma passed away a few years after that, when my uncle passed away, when my friend Dawn, who passed away also from metastatic breast cancer last September, I remember feeling it when she passed away. Of course, I thought she was going to live and had spent five days with her in the hospital before she passed away. But it was like, and now with, with my friend Trish, it's this void that 
you almost feel hollow inside. Like it's like a punch to the gut and it takes the wind out of you. Even when you know it was going to be there, it's like the rug gets swept out from under you. And that is such an interesting part about grief. And today, as I've been processing my emotions, because of course, being someone that, you know, I live my life in a way where I'm trying to have awareness of my emotions and my thoughts, and I'm a mess half the time, just so we're all clear here. Those of you that, you know, are friends with me in, in, you know, or I see you, or I know you, or I talk to you, or you see me outside of the podcast here, you will know that I'm a mess 50% of the time because I'm human. We all are. Right. And so I'm always just trying to have awareness and, and practice what I preach. And so this morning, obviously I processed some of my emotions while I was on the treadmill. And then I had to wake my daughter up. She had a dance competition this morning and then we had to run out the door before 9 a.m. to get her to her dance competition. And then when we were there, it was hair, it was makeup, it was your number 70, they're on number 55. Let's go take pictures. Let's get you ready. Let's get you checked in. Let's go get us, let's go get some swag. Let's get a sweatshirt. Let's go get you some water. Let's get a drink. Let's this, that, and the other. And and then when it was over, there it was again. Right. And so I sent my daughter with my husband, they went to go get lunch and then he circled her back around. It's like a three day dance convention. And I went to go home and I decided just to sit in my car for an hour and look at pictures of my friend and the adventures we've had together in New Zealand, in Australia, here, when she came to spend Thanksgiving with us in Utah this past year and just let myself process the grief and the sadness and grief comes and goes, right? It's not something that you can just process in a day and move past it. But one thing that I've learned about processing emotions, and this is what I want to teach you about today. One thing that I've learned about processing emotions specifically over the last year or so, since I've gone through life coaching certification is the importance of allowing them rather than being resistant to them. Right. For example, you may not know my friend Trish, but maybe you've seen her in my stories on social media. Maybe you follow me on Instagram. Maybe you know her because you've seen her there. And sometimes when we see someone die that we don't know in real life, we'll feel sort of weird grieving for them. And we'll say things to ourselves like, this is so weird. I didn't even know her. I shouldn't be so sad. Why am I sad? I shouldn't be sad. And we resist the emotion. And this is really fascinating to look at because as human beings, we are programmed to feel emotion, negative emotion and positive emotion. And when we resist our emotions, we think we're holding them down. We think we're avoiding them, but we're not. We are making them bigger and more difficult to process at a later time. So this is really good to know. And this is really important to understand as a human being that whenever you are in resistance to your emotions, let yourself in on the little secret that it's going to be worse if you shove it down now. And what I mean by that is I want you to picture your emotions as if you're holding a beach ball underwater. 
when you're trying to hold that beach ball down, you can do it at first, right? Like it's going to take a little maneuvering. You might have to get yourself right in the water. You may have to stand up on a stair or something, but you have to be very mindful about how you're keeping it underwater. And eventually you're going to lose the ability to keep it under the water because a beach ball full of air is not going to be held underwater. Eventually it's going to pop up and explode out of the water. And that's what happens with our emotions when we don't process them. Uh, I have clients who have told me things about, you know, something that happened to them when they were in childhood or they they have a, a sister-in-law that they had issues with years ago and they've never resolved it. And they have all this bent up frustration and emotion that they just feel awful about every time they're around and they just shove it down and shove it down and shove it down. Maybe you have these emotions toward your upline or someone on your team, and it's just unresolved. And what I want to offer you today is to allow yourself to process those emotions. I'm going to teach you how, but I want to explain to you and offer to you that it doesn't mean you have to even have a conversation with anyone. You don't have to resolve your issue with someone else to process your emotions. Because a lot of times when we have sort of, you know, bent up frustration or old feelings or or something that has happened in the past, we we think we have to resolve it with them to feel better, but we don't. We don't actually have to do that. We don't have to have a conversation with anyone for us to feel better. We need to allow ourselves the space to process our emotions. And the way that we do that, the way that I like to do it best is I like to sit with myself. Now, sometimes I only have a few minutes. Sometimes I can sit in a car by myself for an hour outside of a dance competition like I was able to do today. Uh, I also spent some time, some quiet time in my office today. I had planned time to record my podcast and write my emails for the, the upcoming week. And I didn't do any of it in the time that I had planned to do it because I decided I just wanted to sit and observe the way I was feeling, right? And so whether you have five minutes here and an hour there or a 30 minutes, two weeks from now, processing our emotions is sort of like this dripping of, of a, I almost want to say like a bird feeder, right? Like, like a hummingbird feeder, you fill it up. And then over time, it slowly goes out as the birds come and eat it right? And you might fill it up in the spring. And then by summer, halfway through summer, you look and you go, oh, the bird feeder's empty. That's sort of like how our emotions process through us. We sometimes don't even notice that they're coming or they're going, but as you do this work, you're going to get so much better at processing your emotions, allowing them rather than resisting them and letting them flow through you more freely. And this is going to connect you deeper to yourself, but it's also going to free up space for you to move through negative emotions much more efficiently than if you are resisting them and holding that beach ball underwater. So this is what it looks like for me. If I can, and again, sometimes I can't, if I can, I will sit down And I will say to myself in my mind, 
what does it feel like to be a 39-year-old woman who is sad? This is what I did today for myself. Your emotion that you might be feeling right now could be anxious or anger or fear or insecurity. See, the positive emotions are typically really easy to process when we're excited. We'll we'll run to someone, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm feeling so good. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Well, that was amazing, right? It's so much easier to process our positive emotions, but our negative emotions, we don't like them. So we try to avoid them and avoiding your negative emotions might look like scrolling social media, watching Netflix, um, doing something like being in a place where you are trying to distract yourself with online shopping, or maybe at the end of the day, you don't want to feel sad. So you have a glass of wine or you eat a cookie or something like that, right? These are, these are all different things that my clients tell me they do. And I mean, I know I personally (laughs) used to buffer with chocolate, peanut butter, Tillamook ice cream. That was my, my love of life back in the day. And, um, so we, we don't like to process these emotions. We like to avoid them and shove them down because they don't feel good. Right. So how do we process our emotions? Number one, ask yourself what it feels like to be experiencing this. And I like to make it really personal and say, what does it feel like to be a 39 year old woman who is sad? And then I answer my own question and I say, it feels heavy. It felt really comforting today, I noticed. I felt a lot of comfort feeling sad. I wanted to feel sad. Wouldn't it be weird if I didn't feel sad when my friend died? That would be so odd. The way that I described this last month when I was teaching people in my coaching community about how I really wanted to get my husband's team to the next rank in, in the company, which was Sapphire, right? It's the second highest rank from the top of our company. And I had worked for a long time to get him there. And I really wanted to do it in April because I wanted him to be recognized at convention as a Sapphire because I knew we were a Sapphire team. I knew that it didn't mean anything about us, whether we hit it or didn't hit it, but I wanted to do it. And so, um, the week before I left for Portugal and I wasn't going to work while I was in Portugal. So I had to get it all done before I left. And then I had seven hours to finish it up when I landed uh, back in the United States on the last day of the month. And so I said to them, I said, you know, my coaching community, I said, if I don't make it and we don't hit our goal, I'm going to be disappointed. And I want to be disappointed if I don't hit my goal and I'm not going to like it right? It's when you're experiencing negative emotion, part of taking all of your power back is owning your emotions because God has given you your emotions as a navigation system to your life. Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings are where you take action from. It's what fuels your actions. Your actions then drive your results. And when I feel an emotion that's negative, like sadness or disappointment or anxiety, being able to own that emotion and having the awareness that you chose it with what you decided to think is so empowering, right? So today I'm feeling sad 
And to me, it feels comforting. And I'm allowing it. I'm looking at pictures. I'm thinking about what a wonderful thing it was to know my friend Trish, how inspiring she was, the things that she taught me about life, how she is someone who has been such an incredible light in my life, how she showed me that being able to be someone that can truly just speak what you believe at any given time without any fear or reservation about what someone's going to think about you. These are the things that she taught me. And I'm so grateful that I had this person in my life that taught me these things. And I'm so sad that she's gone. And I think about her children and, and I think about the wonderful woman that she was the wonderful mother that she was to them and having her pass away just days before mother's day. And what a gift she was in their life. And I wrote a letter to her on my social media page saying that she taught them everything they ever needed to know, even in the short time that she was here to influence them. And she will influence them for the rest of their lives, even though she isn't here physically. She is still here spiritually because of who she was when she was here. And these are all the things that are allowing me to process this emotion of sadness and grief and pain and happiness and joy. And because I'm allowing it, it's allowing me to move through these emotions more fluently, more freely. And it's not that it's not that it's it's not that it's bad to experience negative emotions. Sometimes we think it is, but it's not. It's just part of our human experience. And so what I want to offer you today is that whatever emotions you are shoving down from something someone said to you and you thought something about it or something that happened in your company or a post you read on social media or something you're your mom said to you when you were growing up or your dad said to you about your network marketing business or, you know, Becky from eighth grade who blasted you in her Facebook post and your pyramid scheme, whatever it is, whatever emotion you've been resisting, I want to encourage you to allow the processing of that to happen a little bit this week. And do that by first asking yourself, what does it feel like to be a woman or a man who feels that emotion? And then where is it in your body? For me, sadness was in my heart. It's in my heart right now. It is this red color. And I feel it like right in the center of my chest. And it's heavy. It feels thick, right? And I'll feel that for five, 10 minutes. And then I'll feel something totally opposite. I'll have a happy memory and I'll feel very light and free and airy. And then I'll feel the heavy feel, feeling come again later. And the more you process it, the more you allow it, the more you allow that that negative emotion to come and go and then come and go, the faster it will come and go and the more free 
you will be. It is how you take all of your power back. It is how you take full accountability for yourself, your feelings, how you choose to feel, how you choose to be without judgment, with connection of self, with honesty and integrity of self. And as you do this, you will find a version of you within yourself that you didn't know existed. And I'm so excited to help you find it. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I love you, Trish. Rest in peace. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.